welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. Welcome to this episode of IOM3 Investigates. I'm Catherine Williams, Head of Content, and my guest today is Kate Thornton. Kate is our new president for the year of 2023 and 2024. Kate has been very active with us on our SECG and has been working hard with IOM3 promoting the interests of younger members and is very interested in inclusivity and diversity. Kate, how are you today? I'm okay, thank you. How about you, Catherine? I'm doing all right. So, Kate, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you've reached the level of the IOM through presidency? And I should congratulate you on that because it's a wonderful achievement. Thank you. Um, so I don't know how far back you want me to go here. Should I go back from when I started university and just give a brief overview? Or um, Yep, feel free. So tell us, you know, what interested you in the fields of materials, minerals and mining and how you got involved with the Institute? Okay, so actually I um, came about materials, minerals and mining completely by accident. So I didn't get the A-level results required. Um, to go to what I thought I wanted to do, which was optometry. Um, but fortunately, by the time A-level results day came round, I actually realised I didn't want to spend the rest of my life saying better or worse to people. <laughs> and I wanted a little bit more variation in my day. Um, so despite having not got the A-levels required, I was one of the happiest people on results day, because that meant I didn't have to have that conversation with my mum and dad that, OK, yeah, well, I have this place, I'm not going to take it. During clearing day, I actually got a phone call from the University of Manchester, which is where I um, was my first choice to do optometry, and they said, oh, we've got this course, biomedical material science, um, would you be interested in trying it? And I spoke to them about it, and I don't know why, like, I just thought, actually, you know what, that sounds interesting, that sounds good, and um, I remember saying to my parents, all right, I'm going to give it a year, if I don't like it, I'll transfer to another course, and my mum was about to... Um, go mad at me because she thought I was wasting a year's tuition fee which at the time was £1,300 and you know, so it's a very different educational environment so I was able to go through clearing. Um, I enjoyed the course, um, completed my first degree there, um, finished during my first like week of university life I got introduced to the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining, we had somebody come along and we signed up for membership and I didn't really have much interaction with them until um, at the end of my first degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nominated uh, for a couple of student awards that the IOM3 were um, either awarding themselves or interviewing for. Um, wasn't successful in that, but through the, those links, I was then invited to join what was then Younger Members 
Committee, which is now the Student Early Careers Committee, uh, by Mike Lynch. So that's mm-hmm. how my work with the IMFRA started there. Um, at that time, I was studying to do a PhD also at the University of Manchester because I'd done a placement year um, at what was Johnson Johnson Wound Management. And I'd, I'd seen at that point in time you can progress past a certain level without mm-hmm. a PhD. And so I realised actually probably this was the best time in my life to do a PhD was just going straight out of university. So that's what I chose to do then. Um, Timing-wise, it probably worked out quite well because that was the start of the first recession. Okay. Um, when I did my PhD and then, unfortunately, timing-wise, I completed my PhD in the second recession. <laughs> so that, yeah. that wasn't the best time um, to be looking for jobs, as you can imagine. Um, at the time, I'd realised actually academia wasn't for me. I'd mm-hmm. be better off suited in an industry environment. So looked for jobs in industry. Unfortunately, managed to find one within four months at Croda, okay. which is a specialty yeah. chemicals company. Um, I still work there now. I've done a, a variety of jobs here during my time. Um, they've always supported me in the work I've done with the IOM3. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to the bioproblems team, um, my line manager was very supportive, encouraged me to do more. Um, so that's a couple of years later, that's when I became chair of what is now the Student Early Career Committee. Okay. Um, what's unique about the IOM3 is when you become chair of the Student Early Career Committee, you become a trustee mm-hmm. and you have, you've got a place on um, what is now known as Executive Board and Advisory Council. So you have um, a direct input into finance, strategy, and a whole host of things that you you don't realise are involved until you're actually doing it. And so that was a, a really great learning experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing that for a couple of years, then I was approached to see if I'd be interested in becoming vice president. I'll admit I said yes, not really knowing what it was <laughs> or what was involved. And that was at the end of 2016. And so the presidential train is quite long, but it's been quite useful to have that time to see what people have done before me. So mm-hmm. that's where we are now. Okay, yeah, the um, the presidential train is quite a long um, process because obviously once once you have finished your presidential tenure, then you get to be the past president and we still make you do things. Well, it is like a long process. It's actually really beneficial to give you that time to... So it was for me. I was already a trustee, mm-hmm. so there wasn't much change. So I'd learned to this about before that, but having that six-year lead up to becoming president really gives you the time to learn about the institutes, mm-hmm. what's going on, the history, where you want to go, what's to go in the future. And personally, for me, I use it as a great opportunity to sit back and watch what the then presidents were doing, mm-hmm. how they approach things, and learn from them because. You can learn a lot from just stepping back at times and watching what people are doing. Mm-hmm. So that was really beneficial. Yeah, and um, both our, our most recent past presidents have said, you know, it's it's been a, a very worthwhile experience for them um, in terms of career and personal interest um, as well, even though, you know, they were people who were very well established in their roles they still found things that they learnt from it Um, and I was quite interested in your discussion of how you fell into 
material science because that's something we hear quite a lot from yeah. from people throughout their careers that I didn't I didn't know this this field existed and yeah. um, you know and that's possibly a problem we need to try and address that how yeah. how do we tell people all this stuff is out there yeah so I mean I think that's something we um, as the institute as well um, people individually need to really go out and promote and like, say this is you know what I did this is how it the careers has led me into and the one thing that we did do when I was chair of the um, now student early careers committee is we worked with Diane Aston who is her, I'm probably going to get a job title completely wrong, so I'm not even going to attempt to say it. Um, and we developed a conference, a one-day conference called Materials Matter. Mm-hmm. And this was for people who were in their A-levels or GCSEs, and they can come along and hear about the various aspects and careers that you can go into through studying a degree in either materials, minerals and mining. And um, that's one of the events I'm most proud of um, that we started. And weirdly I was chatting to a colleague last year and she we were talking about what, which um, professional body she was going to register with to become mm-hmm. chartered and um, she came to speak to me because she'd heard about my role with the IOM3 and she's like oh you know I'm really really keen to join them because they helped me on my career path and I was like all right you know what was this about and she said oh yeah because I attended this event called Materials Matter many many years ago and it from that, mm-hmm. that's what got me into this area, and I almost fell from my chair because I was so surprised that um, she'd attended. Because I never thought she would have done, and that that event led her to where she is now. So it's great to see that and hear these stories that people are starting to learn more about it and take a career from that. So I think that's something we really need to push forward. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, um, working for for Crowder as you do is one of those jokes, isn't it? Crowder is one of the biggest companies you haven't heard of. Um, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, no, I, I often say that you've probably used at least ten Crowder products a day. You just don't realise it because we're not an end manufacturer. So yeah. Um, so what have you enjoyed most in your career so far? Um. So I really do separate it out as like my work career and like my volunteer work with the mm-hmm. IOM3 and I actually find they balance each other quite well okay. um, so like a lot of what I do at Crowder I don't get to see the end effect I'm just plugging away at the start of things and we don't get to see those benefits um, but it's still good it, there's a variation in it um, I love the people that I work with I know that I can come in and I'm going to laugh every single day so that's really really good um, but then it balances really well with like I said with the iron free work that I do I can see firsthand at times like the impact that it has and I get a different sort of um, value from it than I do from my day to day job mm-hmm. because I find it really good that I've got those two aspects because I think nowadays I think historically people used to go into a career and try to get both of those things out of it and it's, I think it's very hard nowadays. So I really recommend volunteering to people as a way to get that balance in their life. Um, and yeah, I say one of the highlights was like finding out that Materials Matter had that impact on one person's career choice and what they choose to do with their life. And yeah, I mean, becoming involved in the IOM3, I wouldn't have realised 15 years ago mm-hmm. 
where it would have led me, the experience it's given me. Like um, I've travelled with them to Brazil to judge the um, Brazilian finals young person's lecture competition. Mm-hmm. I've attended some amazing events in the UK, and it's it's been hugely beneficial. So it's really hard to pick really pick that one highlight record, other than obviously what, becoming president, which still isn't real yet. So. <laughs> The highlights may yet be to come, let's say. So you've described how the involvement with IOM3 has benefited you and given you opportunities to explore things that may not have come your way in your day job. What do you hope to achieve during your time in post? hard on younger people over the last few years although a positive is that we've all switched to using technology more and that provides greater opportunities for us to interact with the international membership and so you know fingers crossed we can we can improve that um uh, coming back to sort of employers and 
welcoming younger people into their early stages of their careers what do you think employers could maybe do in the first five years of someone's career to really support and develop them so this is a really hard one because obviously each company is different each line manager that company is different mm-hmm. um, and having a good line manager against a bad line manager will have a huge impact mm-hmm. um, so I've been very fortunate that I've been only had good line managers since I've started at work and my current line manager Neil James is um, very supportive always listens and tries to find opportunities to develop you as a person in your career so I realise how lucky and fortunate I am in that position so I'd say like like employees employers need to listen more have opportunities available I think at times especially at the moment when the finances are so uncertain they're not always willing to invest but I think that's now's the time to be investing in people because then when the markets have changed and improved you've got people who've got the knowledge and experience to really push things forward and help your company a lot more mm-hmm. and so that's that, that's universal for everyone not just people in their early careers um, one thing I will say is I don't think a lot of companies are prepared for the next generation of employees coming in okay. and what I've seen is they're, they're very different um, they are far more open and honest um, they have lots of honest conversations about salary mm-hmm. between themselves which is great we need to have more open and honest conversations about salary so people know that they're not being taken advantage of um, they're honest about their career goals about where they want to be they know that it's not going to be the standard linear stay with one company progress that way is not going to be the way they it's going to be they're going to be testing out different careers so really giving people that opportunity to just just because you've applied for a research scientist job doesn't mean you might not want to do six months of comment into marketing for example mm-hmm. to learn more about that and really give those people those opportunities and I feel that their expectations on the company are different so they expect more from them in terms of equality, diversity and inclusion. They want more honest conversations about that. They, they want to know what companies are doing about sustainability, the carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. I'm really willing to push forward and challenge these. And I think this is going to be a huge change to how things have worked previously. I think a lot of companies are going to have to rapidly change how they've approached things and embrace these conversations, embrace this willingness to get engaged and push forward changes because to be honest if they don't this is the next generation coming through they're going to be they know what they want from products and from mm-hmm. companies and if companies aren't willing to listen to it then they're going to actually fall behind quite a lot so I think this, we're in for a huge change over these next few years about how all of this interacts so I'm eager to see how this plays out okay that, that's that's intriguing and interesting so that somewhat flags areas where our industries need to change and improve i suppose the counter to that is currently what do you think materials minerals and mining is doing well um so i'd say that actually i feel they have done very well at listening to the environmental concerns and sustainability issues and they're doing a lot to address this head-on so i think that's something they're doing very very well I mean, this is a very general statement. I can't 
pick out one specific company and be like, they're doing amazing, and then pick out another company, they're not doing mm-hmm. very well. Um, but that is something I've seen that they've really embraced this and leading to changes that, while the consumers aren't aware of them yet, they are going to impact them in the next couple of years. And really seeing that, um, and like the life cycle assessments and really planning on what happens when products are finished with use is mm-hmm. something that you can see coming in more and more. So. I think that's something that, as a community as a whole, we're doing really well. Excellent. Thank you. Um, So, Kate, is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't? Is there anything that you're keen to promote at the moment? Um, I mean, when I was thinking about all of this, in terms of becoming president, it seems quite surreal that it shouldn't be happening to somebody like me. Because if it, if it takes them, like if you look at the past presidents, I feel they're all quite distinguished, very far on in their careers, and then I feel like I've come along and I'm just the anomaly, and I feel like there's a, a lot of imposter syndrome in that at times. And so I just really want to get that message out there. If I'm feeling like this, there's going to be a lot of other people famous, and so it's normal. But I'm pushing myself forward, challenge myself, and every time I'm telling myself, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't you," I'm like, "No, actually." you are you managed to get here you obviously you've got the skills and experience that you don't always at times value mm-hmm. in yourself but when you take a step back and actually look at it it's been hugely beneficial and that I've got to stop talking myself down as much as I do and I think that's a universal for everyone not just me what you're saying there you're saying you're being down on yourself but actually that's a hugely positive message that you're giving our members and our listeners that yes you know take that step out of your comfort zone and you never know what it's going to lead to yeah i mean it, 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 i think i probably received the letter inviting me to join was then the ymc about 15 years ago and i just said yes because at the time cause i thought oh it's going to be something different on my cv mm-hmm. it'll distinguish me when i come to the end of my phd it'll give me something different to do about um and that was the main reason I got involved. Um, and then to think that that one decision there has led me to here. I mean, there's obviously been lots of other different decisions along the way, but yeah, that, that decision just to say, yeah, I'm going to give that a go yeah, has led to this. Fingers crossed that what you're saying about the next generation coming through is that they will be even more open to these opportunities and um, will help take us take us further forward. Yeah, and I'd welcome to hear from any of the members about anything they would like to change or really think we're not putting enough attention on at the moment. I mean, I might always reply very quickly because <laughs> I have a day job and a family and um, as well as my volunteer work, but I will always try to make the time to listen and hear from people's different perspectives. So. Wonderful. Thank you, Kate. Well, in that case, I, I wish you every luck with the next two years as I own three president and even more luck for the rest of your career afterwards, because it sounds like you're doing the right things and you're, you're reaching out to people and listening, which is hugely important. So thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for inviting me, Catherine.
information about us, visit iom3.org. Or to keep up to date with our latest news, follow us on social media using at iom3 on Twitter and at the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining on LinkedIn. If you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved, please subscribe to hear more from us through Apple, Google Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify.